0: What's up, monsters? Welcome back to the Wake the Monster podcast. You know, earlier in the week, I put up a post about comments that Joe Biden made in 2014 about what does it even mean to be an American, right? And you know, kind of had some thoughts on that. Kind of talked about why, you know, even though the the framing of the way he stated that was was negative, it was actually a fair question. And we went through it a little bit, right? So obviously, the news this week is that uh, Supreme Court Justice is retiring, and he's doing so before. The midterm elections, and there's a lot of assumption that it's happening because of the fact that the belief is that the Republicans are going to uh, have a major victory in November's elections, because apparently there's only two parties in America. Nobody, right? Like bipartisan is is what everybody says, as if Republicans and Democrats the only people that exist, when the majority of the country actually wants third party or identifies as independent in the first place, but whatever. So Biden made comments about the Supreme Court pick. And when he was on the campaign campaign trail, he said that if he had the opportunity to make a pick, he would pick a black woman. And yesterday or you know, a couple of days ago when the announcement was made, he reaffirmed that it he will be selecting a black woman. So I found an article from the Washington Post going after the Republican Party because of the Republican party view the counter argument to that, which is what, why are you limiting automatically? Why are you stating that a qualification is race and gender, you know? And so I, I agree with that statement, right? I agree with the idea of, Hey, you are directly stating that you are picking somebody based on their race, which is illegal. But the foundation of the argument that Republicans make is, is probably, very shaky, to say the least. So I found an article from the Washington Post, I have not read the whole thing yet outside of the headline. uh, So I'm gonna read through it and just talk about it. I'm gonna see how much I agree with how much I disagree with and and let's get it rolling. So the headline of the article is the very selective effort to cast Biden's Supreme Court pick as an affirmative action hire. It's by Aaron Blake he's a senior reporter for the Washington Post. So right off the bat, the headline is kind of weird, because the the term affirmative action, right? Like that's an actual process. That's an actual hiring, university, selecting candidates, selecting students that they're going to accept based off of affirmative action being an actual thing. I thought it was supposed to be looked at as a positive. Now, there's a lot of unintended consequences from making a decision like that. And there's a whole bunch of research on that type of stuff. And there's always unintended consequences whenever the government forces a thing to happen, right? The government is great at making the square fit into the circle hole. You know, they just slam it with a hammer until it fits, regardless of how much damage they're doing to everything around it. And that is the government way. So the headline itself saying that they're trying to cast the Supreme Court pick as an affirmative action hire is strange because... It kind of frames it like affirmative action is a negative thing, but that's not like that's not supposed to be the position of the left. right? right. They're supposed to be pro. So let's go through what he says. All right. President Biden, and the Democratic Party got a shot in the arm Wednesday with the news that the Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer will retire. His retirement paves the way for Democrats to replace the 83-year-old with a liberal-leaning justice who could hold the seat for decades to come. So that's true. The idea is that they're gonna they're they're going to select a liberal justice because Democrats are going to select people who are uh, friendly to the positions that they want, just like the Republicans. Just like Trump just had three picks and they were all friendly to the positions that Republicans want. That makes sense when you have two dominant parties. When you have nobody else in there that can actually affect any kind of debate and conversation and change, you're going to have this structured giant net that doesn't actually help the majority of people or doesn't actually think about the details or the unintended consequences in decision-making. Republicans have a platform, Democrats have a platform, they sit on those platforms and you know the, the people who disagree kind of get pushed off into the water. And you have to unite as one or else you're, you're going to get you know, you're going to face the firing squad, you know, so to think that Biden would be picking somebody who's, who's a centrist, or in any way conservative is is just not going to happen, right? Like, that's, that's not how politics go. No matter how many times a politician runs around and says, we're going to unify, and we're going to be bipartisan, even though I personally hate that term bipartisan, because it gives an assumption that there are no other parties when really there's, you know, 10 other parties that are that are on a presidential ticket. It's just ridiculous to think that Biden would do that, right? So Washington Post is obviously left leaning or left 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 falling over. Unless it comes to unionizations and protection of billionaires like Jeff Bezos, but whatever. It's not yet clear how hard Republicans might fight whomever Biden picks particularly given that the pick won't shift the current balance of the court. So that's another thing. There's, there's a lot of conversation about the fact that Republicans are not going to push very hard on this because of the fact that Biden is replacing a liberal justice with a liberal justice. So the court structure is not going to change. It's still going to be 6-3. You know, it's weird because even though you have a 6-3 court when it comes to conservative and liberal justices, you still just had the, the vaccine mandate, the federal vaccine mandate votes were 5-4. So it was still, you know, there was still some sway. There was still some some shift in political alignment, even though justices are, are not supposed to be that. You know, it's, it's been a while since we've gotten to see like a legit State of the Union address, right? But when you when you watch State of the Union's from the president, the you always see the president's party applauds everything that he has to say. And then you see the opposing party just sits there stoic in silence, except for that one time where Trump was talking about all the the women that had been elected to office and the women celebrated. And then he was like, aha, you weren't supposed to do that, right? Which I thought was a a funny moment. But the Supreme Court justices don't stand. They don't applaud. They don't do any of that. They sit because they are supposed to be neutral once they assume a position on the bench, just like all judges are supposed to be. All judges are supposed to be neutral. Here is the law as written, as stated, and I'm going to judge based on the law as opposed to based on what I think the law should be, or what my personal beliefs in the situation are. Right. You know, with that, it's weird because like there's, there's a rigidness to that, that doesn't allow for humanity to actually exist in decisions. And I can see where the benefit is to have some personal bias in making decisions. I think overall, we need to have a structure that is sound and there needs to be some sort of, hey, we're gonna to toe the line because we need a structure for society to exist. But I can understand the humanity of, hey, we're gonna have a lighter sentence because the idea of marijuana being illegal is absolutely ridiculous, right? So the idea that marijuana is gonna put people in jail is a stupid thing. And so I can understand how judges sitting on the bench would be like, hey, I, I disagree with this law, so I'm going to, you know, dismiss charges without prejudice, or I'm going to give you the lightest possible sentence that I could produce and not have it challenged by a prosecutor somewhere. So there's always give and take in the conversation about the law and the enforcement of the law and, and how judges view the law. So I, I understand where there's a dichotomy there, you know? But the thing that people fear is the activism that comes from that right the the activism of judges enforcing policies that are sitting in one camp or the other sitting in the democratic or the republican camp and having just drilling those down and just being very militant in the way that they make decisions and it can get you know it goes it, it can get way too far into the left or way too far into the right when judges become activists on the bench instead of understanding a human concept of enforcing law, so that's always the fear that the opposing party has is that hey, if the uh, if if the if the president of the Republican Party puts a, a nominee on the bench, they are going to be an activist for Republicans, and then Republicans think the the same as, of Democrats. They think they're going to be an activist of the Democrat. You know, and, and there are a lot of cases where that's evident, but. You know that's that again goes to the idea of if we think of our co- country as just red for Republican, blue for Democrat, like there's gold for Libertarian. Right? I I currently am a registered Libertarian, um, just because of some of the things that I want to have the flexibility to to do in in my community, in my in my county, in my state. But that that's why the idea of bipartisanship is is BS. No, but we're talking about this this pick and the uh, criteria for picking one. So let's keep reading. So it's not clear yet how Republicans are going to fight whomever Biden picks, particularly given that it won't shift the balance of the court. We had talked about that. It's a six to three split, no matter what he does. But almost immediately, some conservatives did signal early battleground, attacking Biden for supposedly making Breyer's replacement and affirmative action higher. He literally said he will pick a black woman. He said it before the seat was even open right? Now, that's fantastic to select a black woman. It's great. It's empowering for black women in our country. It's fantastic for them to be able to see somebody that looks like them sitting on the bench. I'm very aware of the idea of people that look like me empower me when I see people that look like me succeed. It makes me it lets me know that I can do it too. And for communities that have had issues in the past of, of, uh, you know racism or just overall oppression based off of the history of the country you can't deny it it exists it happened right i don't think i don't think solutions are are government solutions right but it does exist so i understand the concept of putting people in those cherished positions that look like people that you want to empower 100% down right like do that problem comes when you say your criteria is going to be race and gender. Now, within that, right? So I saw I saw a tweet it was like oh, so you're telling me somebody was was making this argument and they were saying you know, the idea that this is your criteria to select is a, is a black woman is is asinine, right? And somebody's argument was are you going to tell me that you can't find a qualified person to be on the Supreme Court out of 21.7 million Americans? Now, that's fair. However, comma, there are not 21.7 million black female judges in America, right? So like that statistic doesn't really exist, but the point is, is fair. You can definitely find a qualified candidate of a pool of black women. The issue is if you are limiting that then you do not know if you found the most qualified candidate, right? Because you didn't have the black women that you're selecting from compete against the Asian women or the Asian men or the Hispanic women or the Hispanic men or the white women or the white men or any other denomination or the Middle Eastern woman and the Middle Eastern man. Like you are not You're not actually allowing open competition to allow the best person to rise to the top. You're not allowing meritocracy to exist. If you wanna continue to argue that meritocracy doesn't actually exist in America, this is how you do that, by not allowing, like you are the President of the United States, this is one of the direct action things that you have as the President of the United States, and you are just blatantly saying out loud, I am not going to take meritocracy into account here my f- number one criteria is the way somebody looks is the way and then if you want to even expound that argument into the the left's position on gender and sex and transgender and you can be whatever you want and you have to accept the way somebody tells you that they are and it's not all about how they present themselves well now like what are we doing here you are literally picking somebody based on the way they present themselves and i'm this is not to say that these are the actual things that are happening my, my point is All of these platforms or all of these decisions that we've allowed to just sit on one party and not be challenged on either side of the aisle, you're you're on a very slippery slope for allowing just a total drop off of quality when you limit the capability of people to come in and compete, right? Like, yes, a black woman has not been represented on the Supreme Court, neither has a Middle Eastern or right now we have a Hispanic woman, right? But has there been an Asian on the Supreme Court? No, you know, like there are so many other people that you could have included in that if you're telling white people, Hey, you can't compete. Like now who becomes the, the person that's not allowed to participate in society, right? It becomes the white male or the white woman. And and while I, I understand the emotional argument for that, there's no rational argument for that. I understand the way people feel about that, but there's no logic to allowing that to be part of the decision making process. Everything about this decision is based off of really, when Joe Biden says this, he's pandering, right? And now because of the fact that he pandered publicly, he needs to stay with that, or else his party is going to get trounced even harder than it already did, because it's just another promise that he can't follow through on. Right? So that's, that's the issue with him doing this, is that he was pandering, right? It's kind of like, Kind of like you're in high school and you hear somebody's talking trash about you, and you're like, "If I see him, I'm gonna punch him in the mouth and knock him out right there in the middle of the hallway." And then that dude comes walking down the hallway right past you. What do you get? Like you're either going to follow through, or you're gonna look like a total fool, right? You're gonna you're gonna look like a bitch in that situation, and everybody's gonna call you out and make fun of you and laugh at you. Biden is stuck in that position right now because of the fact that he was so flippant in the way he was talking about this on the campaign trail and then with his statements the other day. Back to the article. All right, some even venture to argue that Biden's promise to appoint a black woman constitutes illegal discrimination. It it, it literally does. And, and you know, I'm gonna use the MLK reference, right? I, I wanna be judged on the content of my character, not the color of my skin. That's supposed to be the goal. That's supposed to be the objective. It sucks that the fact that I am a white man means that the way my argument is going to be portrayed here is going to be that I don't have any credibility to actually have this argument or that my opinion is based off of the fact that I just want white people to continue to be in power because that couldn't be farther from the truth. That's not the point. The point is to have the best candidate. And if if it is a black woman, that is fantastic. And I love it. And I will stand and I will support and I will applaud and cheer. However, you are not allowing that person to compete against everybody. And I'm going to come back to why that's actually harmful to the candidate here when we get to the end of this article. All right, so the Washington Post says it's a very selective argument. Biden said he will make his pick based purely on race and gender. Fox News' Sean Hannity said, all right, Hannity is just a bumbling idiot. Hannity is an absolute puppet when it comes to anything that he has to say come out of his mouth right i mean he licked trump's boot since he was on the campaign trail that that guy is an absolute joke fox news as a whole is just flailing right now trying to figure out what the hell they are what the hell they're trying to be they they pander to the conservatives they you know people say they dabble with the alt right i mean it's a bastardized term, right? It's the same thing as, hey, it, you can't call people racist anymore because it's just, it's a term that's been used so much that it, it doesn't have any credibility to it because everybody gets called a racist every time they have a difference of opinion. So then they went white nationalist and it's like, well, you kind of use that. So it doesn't work anymore either, right? But like Hannity is just, just an absolute puppet. You know, like I don't, I don't, I try to avoid watching Fox and CNN and all that kind of stuff. But when I think Sean Hannity, I think Don Lemon. Like, that, that's the kind of thing that I, that I put together, right? Don Lemon is, is not a factual reporter on CNN. He is absolutely opinion and editorializing his entire show. Majority of what he says is not based in fact, and the facts that he does have normally come out to be false and be a lie. And, and His resources are always anonymous, which means that it's most likely just one dude running his mouth or one, one person running their mouth, right? And So I think of Sean Hannity in the same respect that I think of Don Lemon. They're just two puppets for their party and just a mouthpiece for power. So the idea that the Washington Post is going to base a Republican argument off of Sean Hannity, unfortunately, there's a huge percentage of Republican base that are Trump, MAGA, all that kind of stuff, which I think y'all got played. It, you know, it is what it is. The guy had an opportunity, Trump had an opportunity while in office to actually do some real things, to do some of the things, he said on the campaign trail. He did a few. He did a couple here and there. He did some things with, you know, the, uh, uh, the prison system, you know, a little bit of prison reform. Uh, opportunity zones. That was something that he did, which was good for, for minority populations. And then he kind of rewrote the tax code. But even that, like, yeah, our taxes went up and the stock market went up, which is all great. But also, that was definitely a handout to the wealthy, which is no different than the Democrats. The Democrats do the exact same thing, right? They just tax us. They tax the average American in a different way than Republicans do, right? They They tax us with inflation and bad financial practices. But that's just the government as a whole, we've allowed it to be unchecked, so they're an absolute. Both parties are an absolute joke, but Sean Hannity he's just an absolute puppet, and yet it sucks that he's got the ear of so many Republicans because he shouldn't. He does. It, he hasn't deserved it. He's he's just garbage. But Washington Post is going to use him as their reference, so I'm a I'm a follow along with this article and see where we can go with it. All right. So Biden said he will make his pick purely based on race and gender. He he did say that. He did that. That's what he said. I'm going to pick a black woman. That means I'm picking based on race and gender, which when you put it in that term, it is against the law. He did so while introducing arguably Fox's favorite constitutional lawyer, Jonathan Turley. I don't really know who that person is, who has written multiple op-eds suggesting that Biden's promise is unconstitutional discrimination. All right. Added by Tucker Carlson, it's possible we have all marinated for so long in the casual racism of affirmative action that it seems normal now to reduce human beings to their race. Okay, so Tucker, again, is somebody who, you know, Tucker is closer to being a legit reporter, but, I mean, still a puppet, right? Like, at least he did have times where he pushed back against Trump policy or Trump word and things that he would say. And, yeah, like, cool, right? Respect people when they do good. Criticize people when they do bad, regardless of the party. That's that's the kind of thing that we got to think about, right? Like, if... If we don't allow a path for redemption, then all we have is evil, right So Tucker's a little bit closer, but then he goes and does that 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 monologue about Mm's not being sexy anymore and it's like, yo man, I kind of understand the point you were trying to make, but you you definitely went off the deep end on trying to express it like it doesn't make any sense there. So now nobody's gonna listen to you. nobody's gonna like rational people can't stand in your corner if you're out there complaining about green Eminem's not being sexy. Right. That wasn't, that wasn't the problem with the argument. The problem with the argument was that, you, again, a corporation was pandering M&Ms do this thing with, with, with trying to make a more inclusive and more, you know, diverse M&M category. But then the Guardian puts out an article about how they are also being sued and investigated for child slave labor in the Ivory Coast in Africa. So like, how great are you as a company? right? Again, it's just pandering to try and make a dollar. No corporation gives a shit about us. No politician gives a shit about us. That's my my basic foundation for my political belief system and the way I view all of the decisions that these people make. They don't give a shit at all. Fox News as a whole, Fox News is pushing that right anti-mandate, anti-vaccination vaccination mandate, all that kind of stuff on the viewers, but their location in New York city is enforcing the vaccination vaccination mandate that New York city put in place. So stand your ground fools, right? Like if I can have an alternative media outlet, like the daily wire, be the one to lead the lawsuit that actually got to the Supreme court and Fox news budget is astronomically higher than daily wires budget. Right? So if we can have daily wire do that, why can't Fox news put their foot down in New York city? Right? Again, they're just puppets. That's all. that Like they're they're nothing. They're absolute garbage. And the idea that they are the orders of truth for our political view is an absolute joke. And we all need to figure that out and wake up right now. All right. Hopefully you're understanding where my viewpoints are coming on this. Okay. I I don't like these people. I don't care if they're red. I don't care if they're blue. I don't care if it's Pelosi or Crenshaw or Schumer or even Rand Paul. A lot of times, right? Like Rand Paul is probably the most libertarian, most freedom focused politician in Congress and even him, he's got major issues, right? So they're all a joke and they're all using us. That that's my stance. Ben Shapiro called it definitionally affirmative action and race discrimination. Now Ben is a Harvard trained lawyer. He practiced law for a while and then became a political commentator and you know that. So he is actually well versed on the legalities of things, right? A prime example is the the Trump argument for overturning the election, right? All of all of the claims that he was making, all of the arguments and all the statements that he was making about, hey, the election was stolen, blah, blah, blah. Ben, the entire time, was very consistent on, hey, the law that you are trying to say allows you to overturn the election is not what it says. The, the Election Act of 1887, Ben Shapiro was very clear the entire time, like, hey, that's not, you're using it wrong. That's not a thing. You can't do this. You can't overturn the. We're done here. You lost the election. It's time to go home. Ben was consistently saying that the entire time, regardless of what anybody else on the right was saying, regardless of what the left is telling you. Ben said about that because he's he's a favorite target of the left. He was very consistent on saying, "Hey, you are not in the right here. You are not reading this correctly. The election art. The election Act of eighteen eighty seven does not give you." the authority to do what you think it does, right? You're wrong. And then when January 6th happened, Ben condemned that wholly, as most of the people in Daily Wire did. And after the fact, right, he condemned that, he condemned Trump. He said, hey, you were too slow to react. Hey, you are are inciting these people. You know, he stopped short of calling it an insurrection because honestly, if you look at the way the events unfolded, it wasn't an insurrection. It was a bunch of bumbling fools running through that were instigated by the words of the president. So the idea that ben, like Ben when he says it's definitely affirmative action and race discrimination like he is going to have a legal path to make a rational argument there. So you have to take his words with the understanding that he does have a very fair understanding of the law and he does argue against conservative talking points when he knows that they're blatantly wrong. Right? One of the big things again with the with the Trump election challenges, Trump made all these all these statements, all these posts, all these emails and tweets and texts and all the other ways that he was getting his message out to his, to his followers. But none of those claims had ever actually been argued in front of a court right now. A lot of the cases got thrown out without, uh, you know, without merit because of the fact that there was no offending party and the timing and all that kind of stuff. So like there was some court manipulation there and I understand that, but none of the arguments that Trump ever made, like he did have cases actually go in front of a judge and, and be determined. And none of the stolen election arguments that were made by Trump or his legal team ever got presented in a court of law. And Ben was very clear and very consistent on that to this day. He is still consistent on that, right? So when he says something, I give him a little bit more credibility, even though yes, I do believe that he is a conservative, not hiding that fact. He tells you straight out like, hey, what I say, I believe in the conservative or the Republican viewpoint. Back to the article. The editors of the National Review said, "In a stroke, Biden disqualified dozens of liberal and progressive jurists for no reason other than their race and gender." That's true. He did. There, the, like, there's no argument there, right? If if we are if we are going to share the same reality, the intent of what he's doing can be positive. However, the approach to what he's doing again, the unintended consequences of governmental action. Are, is are harmful, right? He literally did just eliminate plenty of qualified candidates, regardless of who he wants to pick. He eliminated thousands of qualified candidates. Former Trump United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley tweeted, "Would be nice if President Biden chose a Supreme Court nominee who was best qualified without a race, gender or litmus test." Right. So now the idea is that all the Republicans are saying, "Hey, this is the problem." This is the argument, hey, you can't pick based on race or gender, it's illegal. There is a rational argument there. However, it's presented in irrational ways because that's politics, right? History, though, shows that this is hardly a new thing, nor have such promises been determined to run afoul of the law. Well, Okay, so it isn't a new thing. Right. That's very true. It's not a new thing. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Trump had made a statement about picking a female candidate when he picked Amy Coney Barrett. And, you know, the famous one going around right now is that Ronald Reagan picked a Supreme Court justice because he was Italian. I think it was Scalise, I think. Right. So, like yeah, I, I agree. This is not without case law. This is not without some sort of precedent. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't mean that Trump, what Trump did was right. Doesn't mean what Reagan's position for hiring somebody was right. Doesn't mean what people were doing in the 1810s when, hey, we're not picking a black person because they're enslaved, right? Wasn't right then either, you know what I mean? So at no point, regardless of who is picking, at no point is the idea that I am picking based on race and gender an acceptable qualifying criteria. At a minimum. At a minimum, as a politician, at a minimum, as a public servant, because they're all corrupt anyway, right? So basing the argument on the fact that you are making the presumption that every politician who gets elected to office wants power, which means they are a corrupt individual, all right? The people that we put in power should be the ones that don't want it, but everybody who runs wants it because they want to be able to get that money. They want to be able to get that lobbyist. They want to be able to have that cushiony, hey, once I retire, I can get this pension for the rest of my life. They want all that. They want power, they want control, they want to be able to manipulate a country, a population. That's politics, that's what a politician is. Forever and always, it has been. But even with that bare minimum, don't say it out loud. Don't tell the people I am picking based on race and gender. It's to keep it in your head. Just keep it up here. Don't say it to anybody. You don't need to pander, all right? You're a Democrat. You're a Democrat. Everybody knows what your criteria are going to be because every politician is a pandering puppet. That's it. They pander to the people. They're a puppet for corporations. That's it. We all know it. That's, that's the game. That's the game. We go to the election booth and we say, which puppet is going to pander to me more? That's our elections in this country. So we know what you're going to do. We know how you're going to pick. You don't have to pander to get the votes. Like th- That's already baked into it. So don't say that thing out loud. And then go and pick the black woman like you wanted to. But don't say it out loud. Why is it that this military grunt mechanic, all right, who is just living in a 900 square foot house just trying to be a dad and a husband and hang out and talk some BS online every now and then why is it that I can figure it out but the president of the United States can't figure out to just shut up and don't say that thing is it really that hard is it really that hard this is the state of politics today folks across the board blue red don't matter they're all puppets they're all a joke absolute disaster but they pander enough to a base on Twitter or or our uh, getter or Facebook or grinder wherever they are wherever they're pandering. I don't know where they're pandering right but wherever they're talking trash they're at least getting enough of their base active by just saying BS and then they go behind closed doors and talk to you know some billionaire and say yo if you give me a couple million dollars, I'll make sure that you get tax breaks in this country or tax breaks in this city or whatever, you know, it's a, it's all a joke, but I just just don't understand why you had to say that out loud. You said it about your VP pick too, right? You picked Kamala Harris and you said that when you were on stage, you were uh, committed to picking uh, a female person of color as your running mate, but you just keep stepping in it. Right. Kamala is not exactly a qualified candidate. Anybody happy with the job she's doing, she has a lower approval rating than Biden does right now. And they both have they both somehow have a lower approval rating than Trump. And and Biden didn't even get elected. He Trump got unelected. Like Biden was just the not Trump. That was it. That was the whole election. So I what well, They're all a joke. That's my point. Back to the article. History, though, shows this is hardly a new thing, nor have such promise has been determined to run afoul of the law. And in fact, Haley appears to have said nothing when President Donald Trump signed just two years ago that he had his own gender litmus test for a Supreme Court nomination. Right? Again, like, just because the other guy didn't doesn't make it a right thing. It's still a bad thing. It's still, don't do that. Don't pick on this. Nor is Trump the only recent GOP president to make such a pledge. In fact, two... And potentially three of the last four Republican presidents did the same thing with little sign of such conservative pushback. Late in the 1980 presidential campaign, Ronald Reagan promised that he would appoint a woman to the Supreme Court if given the opportunity. He said he would pick the most qualified woman I can possibly find, adding that it's time for a woman to sit among the highest jurists. George H.W. Bush arguably engaged in the same practice when Justice Thurgood Marshall retired and Clarence Thomas was eventually picked. Oh, they're gonna bring up Clarence Thomas when Biden's involved here. Ooh, here we go. Bush took care to say his pick would not be based on a quota or anything other than best person for the job. See, again, how is it that George H.W. Bush can figure out to not say it out loud, but Biden just just says the quiet part out loud, right? Like you automatically created your opposition. You, you amplified your opposition. You already have opposition because you are not a Republican, right? So all Republicans hate you but you amplify their voice by just saying this thing out loud. Bush took care to say that his pick would not be based on a quota or anything other than the best person for the job, but administration officials noted at the time that his search just happened to focus almost exclusively on minority and female candidates. Yeah, yeah, that, that's wrong, right? That's wrong, but he didn't say it out loud, so it's not one of the ones that make headlines, right? We, we skip all the way back to Reagan. In the first two cases in particular, the pool of potential candidates was substantially decreased by the promise— so the question becomes why eliminating a huge majority of potential picks by promising a woman wasn't discrimination, or why it doesn't assign a historical asterisk as one critic suggested it would to Biden's pick. To the 10 years of Amy Coney Barrett, Trump pick, or Sandra Day O'Connor, which was Reagan's pick, but this one does. Or at least why people crying foul now didn't also cry foul when Trump made his promise less than two years ago. Because politics are broken and everybody's a pandering puppet. That's why that's the answer. It The answer is not going to be the conclusion that we can all assume the Washington Post writer is going to reach, which is racism or discrimination by the Republican Party because they're all white nationalist alt-right Nazis. That's not it. The There is a small subsect of that, right? And that's what's going to get amplified because Twitter is just full of garbage regardless of what political party you're affiliated with. And that they literally all journalism is now is going to Twitter, finding somebody saying something stupid, screenshotting it, putting it in an article and then writing an article about why that's a bad person and they represent the entire opposition to your point of view. That's journalism today, that's all it is. How do This is why the majority of the country has no faith in this BS, because you're all a joke. Every mainstream outlet is a mouthpiece for power. Everybody in power is pandering to the people and a puppet for a corporation. That's it. So, all of those picks that are based on, I want a woman, or based on, I want a black person, or based on, I need a minority, or I need a POC, or a BIPOC, or any of that. That's all wrong, regardless of who's making the pick. Best qualified candidate. All right, Biden's promise was more specific than Trump's, but why is the line drawn here? And when it comes to Reagan's promise, the practical implications aren't as different from Biden's as you might think. In 1980, only 8% of lawyers were women and only about 5% of federal judges were. That meant Reagan's promise excluded about 92% of lawyers and 95% of federal judges, which we've already made the claim and made the sounding position that that is also wrong. Just pick the best person. Today, about 5% of lawyers are black. Statistics are not so readily available for black women specifically. And about 5% of federal judges are black women. So they are underrepresented in the, the community or are in the profession, right? Because I think, what is it? 13% of the population is black, right? So if you only have 5% of lawyers that are black, then they are underrepresented in the population. So again, the idea of having somebody who looks like a black person because they're black in a position that people can aspire to because it's revered in society, that concept is a great concept. All right, back to the article. Given that federal judges are usually chosen for the Supreme Court, 12 of the last 13 confirmed justices came from federal courts. Biden pared down the pool of candidates about as much as Reagan did four decades prior. Okay, I'm not going to ask for the math. The arguments also ignore plenty of other things that could be construed as discrimination. It's clear that presidents have little time for considering or appointing older justices, for example, because that means that they wouldn't spend as many years on the bench. That's fair. That's fair. Right? Ageism could be an argument here because they want somebody that's going to be in the position for 40 years, and if you pick an 80-year-old, they're not gonna to live to 120, so why pick that person so you eliminate them from the category? That's fair. However, comma, I will say that I would like to see that position maybe applied to the president, right? Like, Should we be picking 80-year-olds to run the country now? Just saying. Back to the article, Trump even played up the youth of his first pick, Gorsuch, by suggesting that Gorsuch might serve 50 years. In practical terms, that has meant we've only had one justice over the age of 55 confirmed since 1986. What are the odds that the supposed best candidate has almost always not been someone older than 55? Excluding older candidates from the search would would seem to be some form of age discrimination, especially given that those older justices would have been practicing law and deciding cases for much longer. Yes. I agree with that point, that is still a form of discrimination, that is a fair counter-argument to make, however, keep in mind, and I know this person is not arguing directly with me, but keep in mind, my stance is that it is all bad, across the board, no matter who makes the pick, it is all bad. Alright, the point that this seems to be a very convenient moment to suddenly raise such a fuss on one in which a rather arbitrary line is being drawn. But it's also one that could put pressure on Republican office holders to take a stand. Are they, too, going to complain that this pick was designated for a black woman after not complaining about Trump designating one for a woman? Or is this merely the only thing professional pundits have to work with at this point? An effort to rile up the conservative base without much follow through? We shall see. That's the end of the article. So, At the end, he says, hey, are we just going to make this argument? Are we just going to talk this BS about picking a black woman because we want to rile up our base? While at the same time, the Democrats, he has to ignore this because he is on the left of the aisle. The Democratic president said while he was pandering on the trail that he is going to pick a black woman as a Supreme Court justice if he has the opportunity, which is the exact same point. He is also trying to rile up his base by saying what they want to hear. All right, so I'm already running long on this. I normally want to keep these to about a half hour, but this article is something that just got me going. Right, so what I want to finish up here with is why I think why my reason that I think you should not be picking based on race and gender, other than the fact that it is illegal, and the entire idea of civil rights is to not pick based on race and gender. Okay, so for one, the state of California had just recently tried to pass an amendment to repeal. the Civil Rights Act of the state. The reason they did that is because they were saying they wanted to purposely give minorities and underrepresented populations more of an opportunity in hiring practices. So, good intention, bad consequence. It did not pass. If that had passed, what do you think would happen? Okay. The 75% of people who are white in that state, do you think that they are going to just Hire only minorities to positions and then just surrender all their power. No, the law of averages are going to play out and you are going to have racism and discrimination against minorities because they are a smaller portion of the population. They're not underrepresented in that case. They are just a smaller portion of the population. Okay, so governmental solution unintended consequences. Okay. My real issue here is that regardless of who he picks, being a black woman, that because that is the stated criteria, she will always be viewed as not the best candidate regardless of her credentials, because of the fact that she was not offered the opportunity to compete against everybody. He is stealing an opportunity away from this woman by saying he is going to pick her because of primarily, he's qualified candidates all over the place, absolutely 100%. No argument with me there, okay? But he is putting her behind the eight ball and he is hurting her capability to be uh, presumed to be a rational judge because of the fact that he said, I'm picking you first of all because you're a black woman. He is harming her by trying to be a white knight. That's my argument. He is trying to be the white knight. It is offensive to minority populations. Just pick the best person and when it is a black woman because there are plenty that could be considered the best candidate she gets to win but you stole her ability you stole her dignity in the office by saying I picked you because you're a black woman Biden stole that from her that's my argument that's why he's a piece of shit all so that's the end of the podcast I appreciate you guys stopping by If you like it, leave a review. Give me five stars if you love it. Give me one star if you hate it. I don't care what you do as long as you give me a review so that I know how to make this better for you in the future, all right? If it's on YouTube, leave me a comment so that I know what you wanna hear me talk about next. Share it with your friends if you think it was worth watching. Thanks for stopping by. Go wake your monster. Peace.